Hello, it's Jill here. Before you start listening to this episode of the podcast, we just wanted to clarify one thing. At some points in the episode, we do refer to this time being the time that Britain will leave the EU. However, we do realise that that's already happened and that this last year has just been a transition period. So if you do get upset by the small things, we're sorry about that, but we just thought we would clarify it. Okay, bye. Welcome back to the Swedish podcast. Uh, the date today is uh, oh, hang on, what is the date? Seventh. Oh, it's the seventh. Hi, it's Hi. the seventh. Um, it's the seventh of uh, December, and um, we are talking about the B word this week: Brexit. Um, this week is a pretty significant week in um, the four-year-long. <laughs> period to get to this point um because by friday we hopefully will know whether or not the uk has reached a deal a trade deal is it a trade deal cat or is it just yep. a, it's just a it's just a deal isn't it just some kind deal. of deal um with the with the eu um which will then impact it will impact trade it will impact employment. It will impact uh, migratory movement across borders. It will impact fishing. It will impact food deliveries. It will impact environmental legislation. All the things um, mm -hmm. that the EU and its 27 members have uh, decided upon um, in its yeah, last fifth. 45 50 years of existence um so it's um it's pretty big and um so kat and i thought that we would have a chat about where we how we got to where we are now with brexit um and focus on the three million or so brits who are living in the eu currently instead of the however many EU citizens that are living in the UK um, because uh, there's often so much talk and focus on, on that instead of the other way around. Um, Kat, is there anything that you would want to add to that intro? No, just that I think it's going to be a pretty interesting chat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, interesting not as in ha-ha, but as in, oh, right, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know about not, you. Not I interesting. <laughs> I don't know about you, but for, like, for example, when when this whole thing first happened, um, you know, I was, I, I did actually have permanent residency in Sweden already. Um, I hadn't had, I hadn't got my 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 Swedish citizenship just yet, but I had my permanent residency. Um, but I was still kind of coasting along on the fact that I was an EU member. My country was an EU member, I had a new passport, I had freedom of movement, I was able to find work without too much hassle or any kind of visas or permits that were required. So it never really 
and and I and of course having I've grown up in the EU, so whenever we've travelled to France or Spain or Germany or Poland or whatever, you know, you there's never any need to 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 plan months in advance to get the visa or to to get the the, the permit that you need to cross the border into the country with your passport. So I was incredibly naive to the whole thing, to the impact that it would have. Um, I mean, I knew it would be devastating, but, and it would, you know, potentially change a lot of people's way of lives and livelihoods. Um, But I never really kind of fully understood it until somebody once said to me, you know, you will now eventually be a third, what was the the term that they use? It's like you're a third party in, in a country. You know, because you're not a member of the EU, you're you're essentially a third party in this country now with no rights to work, live, education, etc, etc. And I think that's when I really hit home for me, Mm. what the implications would be as a Brit living abroad. Yeah, I mean, I, I cannot remember exactly when I got my Swedish citizenship. I think it was probably after the referendum mm-hmm. but I know that I um I actually wasn't eligible even to vote in the referendum uh because as of April 2016 I had been living out of the UK for 15 years mm. and that's when you lose your right to vote yeah uh which yeah uh I don't know I feel like in this situation maybe changes should have been made to that because mm. there must be a lot of people who had been living outside the uh, the UK for 15 years who were going to be mm-hmm. incredibly affected by, yeah. by the results of that referendum. But because I wasn't able to vote in it, that was where I focused my yeah anger was that I was angry that I couldn't get to vote in it. But I don't think I really thought that that uh that leave would win just yeah, i couldn't, it, I couldn't it, was a, it was it was a huge shock for me as well and i remember it the only reason I, re- I do remember it happening was because um i don't think i even talked about the run-up to the referendum with my parents i don't ever remember because because obviously i was living in sweden at the time when they were back in the uk i never even remember having a conversation with them in any depth about whether or not this was actually going to be something that happened and I remember having the conversation afterwards with them, and them going, "We had we had no inclination that this would take that this would happen. Mm. We were we laughed it off from the sidelines, just absolutely mm. laughed it off from the sidelines. So it was just as much of a shock for them in the UK as it was for us. I think outside of the UK, um, but it happened on Midsummer Day in mm. Sweden. It was Midsummer. It was a holiday in Sweden." when they announced that leave had had won the referendum and so we were with our family in Uppsala at the time and uh, I just all of us even even you know the, the Swedes in the room too we were we were all crowded around for the first time on midsummer ever <laughs> crowded around a laptop staring watching the BBC news going like just open mouths absolutely mm. open mouths that this had happened and kind of like the shocked silence sort of settled over the over the over the kitchen and and I just couldn't really believe it was kind of numb for a while mm. like is, is that real is this this is really real 
and then of course you know it, it sort of you kind of life carries on uh, i suppose until the sort of small pieces start to 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 sort of unravel um as to the actual the real the reality of it so um yeah so here we are four years later um two three weeks out before um uh um yeah before we have to uh yeah go anywhere do anything brexit happens sweden or uh, uk leaves the european union um where are we at what's happening this week well this week is the final negotiations Mm -hmm. on the deal so by the end of the week we will know if there is a deal or if there is no deal it's like if noel uh, edmonds popped up and this would be like the worst (laughs) game of deal or no deal ever (laughs) open the box open the box is there a deal or no deal um (laughs) it does feel a little like that it feels like maybe if noel edmonds had been running the show things would be a little bit more organized perhaps mr blobby in the background yeah (laughs) i feel like mr blobby has been in the background Maybe we should edit that bit out. <laughs> um, anyway, facts, facts, facts. Um, the interesting thing was, though, um, speaking about it from this perspective of Brits living in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, there was for a very, very, very long time a lot of confusion, I think, for Brits living abroad in the, in the EU as to really what the implications for their right to live and remain in a lot of these countries was going to be and it wasn't really up until a few months ago i think that a lot of that was made or a lot of that was decided upon um i can't Mm. speak for an awful lot of other countries because i don't know that much about other territories but in sweden um they have put together a kind of a whole separate residency program am i right in thinking that about a residency yeah. permit or or for Brits I living in the, in the UK? From what I understand, it is somewhere between the two residency situations they had before. So um, with this right to reside and then the permanent right of residence. And this seems to fit somewhere in between these two, but be different so this is something that if you are british and living in sweden you need to apply for this right of residence Mm -hmm. but and this just opened first of december first of december yes Mm -hmm. and it is open right up until the 30th of september 2021 Mm -hmm. so there is quite a lot of time to apply for it yeah. But I think one of the really interesting, or I keep on using the word interesting when I shouldn't, uh, one of the uh, the major things in it, which quite surprised me, was that I read that even if you have applied for citizenship, mm-hmm. if you haven't yet been granted that citizenship, you still need to apply for this right of residence. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that at yes. all. Okay. Yes. Crucial bit of info. So, yeah so it might be that you apply for it now and then sometime before september the 30th you get your citizenship mm-hmm. in which case you're, you're fine mm-hmm. but 
the uh, Migrationsverkets website says that you should actually apply for this right of residence, even if you are still awaiting the confirmation of your citizenship. Mm-hmm. So I think that is quite a major, major yeah. point. And I'm guessing that's basically to cover bases, cover legal sort of immigration bases um, in case the citizenship doesn't happen or something or yeah i would i would imagine so that i'm just going to look it up here so that i get it i get it right yeah it says if you have applied for swedish citizenship but have not yet received a decision you need to legalize your presence in sweden by applying for resident status while awaiting the decision in your citizenship case mm-hmm do you is it i mean i i'm sorry i'm relying on you for this um but um is it sort of like the settled status um uh application that the uk created for eu citizens living in the uk um where i think like if once you once you had applied for a settled status and had provided the right documentation of your proof of eu citizenship and so on um and how long you'd lived in the UK for prior to applying for it, etc., that you were kind of automatically granted it. Is it the same thing, or is it, or is there still going to be a sort of, you know, waiting period in which you are? Uh, I'm not totally. I mean, they're not really able to say, from what I can see, how long this process will take. Uh, they're saying that applications can begin on the first of December, yeah. um, but they won't start processing the applications until. January 2021, obviously, okay. because yeah. 31st of December sense. is the point when the UK leaves the EU. Mm-hmm. So they won't start any of the processing yet. Um, and then they just say that this initially means that the waiting time may be a few le- weeks longer, which doesn't say anything. So that could mean that it's not automatic, that it's actually, yeah. Okay. No, I mean, they say that the requirements are that you need to be a British citizen current family member of a British citizen or a former family member of a British citizen, Mm -hmm. uh, that you need to have been in Sweden in accordance with EU law before the end of the transition period, Mm -hmm. i.e. before the 31st of December Mm -hmm. this year, Mm -hmm. that you need to still live in Sweden after that point Mm -hmm. and also still meet the requirements for the right of residence, which is meaning as an employee, sole proprietor, student, person with adequate funds, or a family member of a person who meets these conditions, mm-hmm. and that you need to apply for this resident status or permanent resident status before the 30th of September 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, I would say that you know it's quite a lot of good information, but it's also a lot of things still up in the air because so much still depends on, on this week and... Yeah. And yeah. what happens and so much can't happen until the 31st of December yeah as well uh-huh. so I would expect that there will be small changes to this yeah in the, in the coming coming weeks so the recommendation is that if you were a private citizen um but living in the UK living in Sweden and relying on your European membership your European passport to live and work in Sweden, apply for this new residency permit immediately so that you know you can secure your right to remain in, in Sweden. Yeah, because it does also say, 
even if you have been granted a certificate of the permanent right of residence or a permanent residence card, you need to apply for residence status before the end of the application period, i.e. before the 30th oh, of September. Oh, wow. So even if you already yeah. have a permanent residency status prior to... Mm. Well, this is where it gets a bit complicated because there it talks about having been granted a certificate of the permanent right of residence uh -huh. or a permanent residence card. But then it goes on to say if you have a permanent residence permit, you don't need to apply for residence status. And I think that there is the difference between there's the different in Swedish. It's the permanent tillstånd and the there's a slightly different one and I can't remember the name of that in Swedish but there is a, a slight difference on the two okay resident permits so but then it suggests that if you have permanent residence permit and then that you can also apply for resident status because that will mean that if you have children living with you or people mm -hmm. financially dependent on you they will then be covered by the fact that you have resident status yes okay uh-huh uh -huh. so uh, it's it gets a little a little complicated but if they just had like really clear different names for all of these things then we'd all be a hell of a lot better off <laughs> yes yes because i i mean to me the difference between a certificate of the permanent right of residence and a permanent residence card and a permanent residence, residence permit. permit i mean what does that mean <laughs> yeah yeah they seem to be very very small differences if there's anybody who works in mcgruen's verket is listening to this podcast we would love to hear from you um and we'd love to invite you onto the show so you can talk to us about this i i doubt that you will probably try and do that because I've tried to get somebody from Migros Verket to come on to this show and they won't. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, please let us know. Um, <clears throat> um, so what's the takeaways from today's uh, chat, Brexit chat? I think um, look out for what's going to happen at the end of this week. It's very important. Keep abreast of the news. Abreast mm -hmm. of the news. Um, yeah. Sorry, that was just really bad toilet humour there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Better humour is always. And uh, yeah, check your status. Mm, I would say go and have a look at the page on Migrahorn's Eckert. The page title is, let's see, it is a page called Residence Status for British Citizens. And that's uh under private individuals slash British citizens. So that should be pretty easy to find mm. on Megahorn's. Yeah, and we'll we'll link to it in the show notes as well. So that there's a, a link to that that you can find it through through there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that's I really say... important. Take responsibility to 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 make sure you're fully informed um as to what your status is and whether or not you need to take any action um mm. to ensure that you have the right to remain in the UK because you know I I was very blasé about the whole thing I was just like eh, yeah fine it's gonna be fine whatever and then was grossly shocked by the fact that that wasn't gonna be the case um but I was just I was very fortunate that I could apply for my Swedish citizenship at that time so mm -hmm. um yeah 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 and I would say if, if 
if you are coming up to the period when when you can start to apply for British, uh, sorry, for Swedish citizenship, still check this resident status, residence, um, resident status, I think it's called, um, page and just check out what you have to do because you have until the end of September to apply for that. Mm-hmm. And it's much better to have applied for that and get, got yourself covered if you are, uh, even if you're still waiting for your citizenship. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a brand new bit of information that I did not know. Thank you for bringing that up, Kat. That's really important. And thank you for listening, um, everybody, to this week's episode of the Swedish podcast. Um, Stick with us because we've got some really interesting interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks and also a Christmas message too. Um, We're delighted to be welcoming uh, the UK ambassador to Sweden, Judith Goff, uh, onto the podcast in the next few weeks. Um, So if you have any questions for her, please do get in touch. Um, no Brexit one, thank you very much. But um, anything that you want to know about ambassadorial service and what it's like to, uh, yeah, to be in that role, um, please do send them. Uh, we'd be delighted to answer them and to get her, um, yeah, to get a little bit, to get to know Judith a little bit better. So it's uh, goodbye for me, and it's goodbye for me. Woohoo! Bye. Bye. <laughs>